Hello and welcome to the 109th FIS Freight and Commodity Podcast on Wednesday, 1st of November. I'm Mopani and you can call me Mo and I will be your host today. On this week's episode, we'll get an overview of the freight market. We're going to put a sprinkle of oil as well as we shine a spotlight on the oil and products market. And finally, we'll hear about ammonia, a new product we're offering services on and why everyone should be interested. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. First up, we have Kerry Deal. Uh, our head of business development, giving us his expert view and analysis of what's happening in the freight market. Over to you, Kerry. Well, Mo, the Cape size has seen one long, gloomy grind down since we last spoke, with the Baltic Cape size 5TC average falling from 18,322 two weeks ago to 11,509 today, uh, with the move being both consistent and moderate and frankly almost boring in its consistency each day. Tonnage demand has been and remains anemic in both basins, with the miners in the Pacific conspicuous, I think, through their relative absence, holding back and letting rates drift. Given that many owners have chosen not to ballast, at least at these current levels, the tonnage supply in the east has been steadily increasing, and the market looks set to drift a touch further down now on the C5, that's the West Australia, China, with iron ore. I'd be surprised if we can stay above $8 this week for that. (laughs) Despite the lack of ballasters making for a thinner tonnage list for Brazil cargo, rates also seem to be very steady there, too. With low 19s being fixed yesterday on the C3, Brazil, China, with iron ore, And the tonnage situation there looking finely balanced with the demand. Unconfirmed rumors are swirling, of course, that China may be loosening its zero-COVID policy. That might offer some small sentimental aid to the market, but there is no sign of this occurring in reality just yet. And so we have to wait and see on that, I think. On the paper, rates in the front month 5 TC average were also grinding down from 14,500 on Wednesday 19th to 10,650 this morning. We've seen a little bit of stability come into that market in the last couple of sessions as market participants begin to question, I think, how much more downside is left here. One might suggest this is especially true of Q1, which is traded all the way down to 5,725 value this morning on FIS Live. But, you know, time, time will tell basically how pessimistic this market really is and therefore how low that contract can get. One thing to watch here, I think, is the deferred contracts. With the Cal 24 contract, for example, approaching the 12,000 level this week, one does wonder how much further downside there might be for those those far deferred contracts. I mean, who would hedge that far forward at these levels? So I'll just leave that out there. Let's (laughs) see where those go. But, you know, that's probably where I'd be watching for a floor as well. On the Panamaxes, there's little better to report, sadly. Uh, The malaise on the big ships has been holding down those Panamaxes as well. Lackluster inquiry has been a feature of both basins for the last couple of weeks. This week, while the North Atlantic remains under some pressure with fairly limited fresh inquiry, bids have started emerging in the south, where Campsar Max tonnage has been fixed around $17,000 a day plus $700,000 ballast bonus for East Coast South America front hull. There's little, there's very little movement, frankly, in the North Pacific, with no-pack rounds seemingly in a bit of a standoff at the moment between owners and charterers. Uh, looking a little further south, the Indo-Coal exports still look quite active, though, so that's lending some support. Certainly, there's chatter in the market that we may be approaching a floor, uh, so again, we'll have to wait and see where we go. The news this morning that the, UK, the Ukraine grain corridor is to remain open after all, though, 
will be welcome news. That'll be welcome on the Panamaxes, certainly on the Supras and the Handys as well. So let's see how that operates, um, and, and let's wait for the Russians to comment on that too, but uh, definitely welcome news there. On the paper, the front month Panamax 4TC ground down from 17.875 two weeks ago to a low of 11.650 on Monday before we saw some slight support come in in the last couple of days. We're marking it 12,800 this morning on FIS Live. The Q1 contract, which is always seasonally better for the Panamaxes than the Capes, has, as expected, held up a bit better than that Cape contract, marked at 11,050 today on FIS Live after finding a bit of support the last two days as well. That's fantastic. Thank you, Kerry. Thanks a lot, Bob. And now we've got Ricky, our fuel oil broker, who's going to give us some color on the market in oil and products market. How are you doing, Ricky? Yeah, not too bad. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Surviving. Surviving. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> uh, so, Ricky, uh, would you like to tell us a bit about what's happened in the market in the last two weeks uh, in terms of price change and volumes? Yeah, so um, on the whole, for the oil market, it's been um, relatively stable. Um, we've seen a little bit of a tick up in um, the price of Brent, predominantly um, off of the back of covid um, restrictions in China looking like they're going to start to uh, to ease up a little bit. Obviously, sentiment for demand to pick up off of the back of that um, has resulted, and that's really been the um, the main driver and support for the uh, for the Brent market um, at the moment. There have been um, unofficial tweets from uh, various sources in China um, regarding the strict COVID policies that have been implemented there uh, stating that things might start to um, you know peter out and I think that sentiment has been um, what's really been driving the market uh, certainly on the Brent side of late. I see and and so I mean normally you see fuel prices moving with Brent and uh, we saw some fuel oil prices reduce slightly as crude slightly increased as well. Uh, do you think this means anything? What could have caused that? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, the thing to factor in there on the on the, the individual grades is are the, are the crack spreads basically, and um, they have been taking an absolute pounding um, uh, of late. The euro point five crack is trading in negative territory. Um, if you look at that, I think it's something like a five month. Um, decline on the crack spread on the on the euro side, uh, retreating from the two-year high of around nineteen and a half dollars. This re- this week it was trading uh, um, down to like minus fifty cents. Wow! So a big big change there. As a result of that, the price of the the euro point five grades um, obviously come off and become a lot cheaper as a result of that crack becoming a, a lot weaker. Um, also seen a very similar thing um, on the euro high sulfur barges crack as well, um, reaching all time lows as as it currently stands. I think we got to about minus thirty six on that crack um, at one point. Again, just under significant um, significant pressure there. Um, off of the back of demand really from from Europe, uh, plenty of product um, and just not a not a lot of demand coming out of that European area. I see. And we've got some other things coming up to think about. Uh, U.S. midterm elections. Uh, So those are coming up. Do you have any thoughts on how this could impact the market? I think, um, yes. I mean, regardless, there will be some kind of impact. Um, I think it's very difficult to know 
what the impact is going to be, though. Um, we know that uh, Biden went to um, Saudi to try and get them to increase production um, recently. That kind of fell flat on f- flat on its face um, to Biden's dismay. So, um, you know, it's going to be difficult because you don't know how the you don't know how the electorate in the US is going to react. Obviously, they don't want to be paying high prices for their fuel. Um, Options of releasing more from the strategic reserve um, is always in the background. Um, And again, how would the market view that? Would they look at it as though, you know, the, the states are... Um, you know, able to um, ride the storm, shall we say, or mm. will they look at that as a negative um, and say, well, eventually they can't keep releasing fuel from the from the reserves, otherwise they're eventually run out. So it's very difficult to know how the market is going to react to that. Um, the other point being, the US is still exporting uh, quite a lot to Europe as well. Um, we've seen a big a big change in that obviously they're trying to help out the guys um in Europe due to the ongoing war um so again they might have the option there to to um you know halt that if they if they need the if they need the energy themselves and look to limit the the exports going to the european countries but um your guess really is as good as mine i suppose fantastic ricky always a pleasure having you thank you so much no problem at all thank you we are now joined by Kieran, um, our pulp and paper broker. Or Correct, sh- yep. Uh, and you're here to talk to us about ammonia. Ammonia, yeah, not pulp and paper this week, but um, exactly, yeah. So this is a really exciting um, sort of product for FIS. Um, we're kind of jumping with, in with both feet. But yeah, let's, let's crack on and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, firstly, what is it? Uh, what's ammonia? Well, I suppose the kind of... Um, Wikipedia definition would be that it's an inorganic um, compound of nitrogen and hydrogen. But effectively, it's a gas. It's a colourless gas that's a bit lighter than air, um, and it smells a little bit like urine, So, which is, um, yeah, you could detect it with even with the poorest of noses. But I, I suppose, more importantly, it's a huge part of the kind of future green fuels mix. So it can be used for, I mean, a number of different things, but... Um, you know, electricity generation, bunker fuel, um, hydrogen carriers. So basically, hydrogen is expensive to store and transport. Um, ammonia isn't, but it's you can kind of store it at around minus twenty five rather than minus two hundred and thirty five degrees, mm. um, which is a huge cost saving. Um, and and again, if you have a hydrogen power station or hydrogen. Um, you know, combustion engine, you can move it from one port to the other fairly easily. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess, think anything that you burn, you know, any sort of power station or mm. combustion engine or anything like that that you might burn to make energy, well, ammonia can kind of fit in that. I mean, a particularly exciting application of that is an old coal-fired power station. You can co-fire it with ammonia and, and make it considerably less dirty, basically, which, um, again, is, is huge. If you think of the amount of coal power stations there are globally, how much CO2 they emit, hmm. um, and then in terms of kind of helping countries <coughs> and, indeed, industries get to their kind of net-zero targets, this is one of the kind of easiest ways in terms of backward compatibility with infrastructure and, and so on. I see, I see. And I guess I was going to ask, why are we introducing it? Which feels silly because you've answered that already. But what... Uh, 
I guess I'll change it to why are we looking at it or introducing it right now? Well, there's a, there's a huge demand for risk management in this this sector, right? So there, there there's hasn't really been any kind of listed swaps. There's some OTC activity, and we can offer liquidity in the OTT swaps market at present. Um, but look, it's a, a market that's growing exponentially. If you think about the applications of it, you know, the, obviously the electricity is a huge part of that. But equally, um, you know, bunker fuel, vessel fuel, aviation <laughs> fuel even, um, and, and you can run run a car on it. You need, you need a slightly bigger fuel tank than for a petrol power car, but y- you, you can and, and people do. Um, and look, FS has always kind of been a sort of pioneer in markets and we, we're are and will be at the at the forefront of this growing market it's as i say the current production globally is around 200 million tons with 20 million of that seaborne but if you look at the amount of upstream infrastructure so where they kind of um originate the ammonia from uh, it's often from uh, you know gas offtake um which again is another environmental plus um, and then the amount of downstream infrastructure, so basically where you you utilize it, um, the amount of projects in the ground and and building and and coming on stream every quarter really for the next three years and obviously well beyond that, um, it's extraordinary. Mm, mm, I, I see, and and so I guess what are we as FIS Freight Investor Services currently offering, if anything, at the moment? So currently we we can offer our customers. Um, OT, liquidity in the OTC swaps market, or or, or uh, future, or, or whatever OTCs OTC, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's a, a bit of can be a moving target, and we'll be offering um, from minute one of the ICE and and CME listings of of the products, we'll be offering the most comprehensive liquidity in the market. We also provide a, a forward curve for our customers, which again some people are finding very useful. So that's really you know, this kind of theoretical future, we're kind of putting a, a curve where we think it would be and we, we kind of base that on a number of different things like urea price, Dutch DTF, coal prices, <coughs> and, a, and a few other factors. Uh, and and again, so again, I mean, just the other day we had an oil major complimenting us on it and saying that they've been pricing um, their infrastructure investment based on our curve, which is, is very flattering, of course. But... Um, yeah, so that's what we're currently offering, and obviously, you know, liquidity from minute one of the listings. I guess you already touched a bit on this, but you mentioned bunker fuels and jet aviation fuel and possibly cars, but I was going to ask you who should be interested in, so who else perhaps? Well, I suppose anyone who cares about the planet, so that <laughs> should be everyone, um, you'd hope, because um, I guess it's one of the quicker, more convenient and cheaper ways of kind of helping people get to their kind of net zero targets because as i mentioned it's kind of compatible relatively easily with with existing infrastructure so it can piggyback on a lot of the gas infrastructure and um and again it's a potentially i mean there's i don't know 130 vessels being delivered over the next 18 months that are ammonia have ammonia compatible you know bunker engines um i think 18 are for carrying ammonia or, or gas um, and powered by ammonia. So, yeah, everyone really. Um, but obviously bear in mind that it has a number of, you know, existing, a huge amount of in, existing industrial uses. So 
uh, in mining chemicals. It's, it's kind of a chemical feedstock, as as, as described. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, everyone's interested, right? Oil majors, um, chemical companies, gas producers, fertilizer um, manufacturers, utility companies, vessel owners, the whole freight in, in industry, basically. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, think anything where you you can burn, or there's a combustion engine, or it's a power plant, or whatever, where you burn for energy. Well, they're probably pretty interested in ammonia, whether they go down the ammonia route or the methanol route or whatever. Um, it, you know, that's another question, but everyone's going to be interested. Full stop. What's next for us, or what should our listeners or customers uh, be thinking about or expecting from us? Right. Well, I, again, as I mentioned, I mean the most comprehensive liquidity in in the swaps market um we kind of toyed with the idea of of maybe offering some um physical liquidity as well but um again that's that's another discussion and i'm sure we can talk about that on a future podcast but look again the the best the service levels and um liquidity that you you kind of get from fis across the other desks and um yeah i mean we're we're at the forefront here Thank you, Kieran. Been a pleasure. Likewise. Cheers, Mo. That's it for the week, folks. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the freight and commodity space, or perhaps hear more about ammonia, then sign up for our app, FIS Live, or follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn. And if you'd like to give any feedback or suggestions, send an email or message us at news at freightinvestor.com. It's been a pleasure. Have a great week.